Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So this week, we're talking about running the race. So the reason we're talking about that for growth is because if you don't know, right now, the London Marathon is happening. And so... They are out and they are going to be running, but actually so are we. And some of us, life is happening to us rather than we are happening to it. And some of us are running in a race and aren't even running and don't even know what we're running. And so we're going to look at a couple passages today and look at a few inspirations and a few reasons about some ways that you and I need to get running in our lives with our relationship with God and with our, our business, with our work, with our family, with our kids, with our friends, with our relationships. So 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control. Least after preaching to others, I should find myself disqualified. So when I look at this passage, a couple of things, we're gonna look at another passage as well, but do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives a prize? I mean, we do know that, we do know that. And then Paul talks about how having the, the, the focus on the prize helps him helps the runners that he says that run so you may obtain it and because you're running to obtain it you'll end up exercising self-control in all things self-control in all things I think one of the things I find in conversations I've had with Christians down the years growing up in church and doing ministry at a number of different churches and different organizations is I've found that Christians don't generally act like athletes. I'm just saying, there's an illustration here, Paul's encouraging it, but we don't ever act like athletes. So people talk a lot about like grace, and grace is awesome, grace is awesome. And people talk about works. Works is still a good thing, it's only a bad thing when you talk about works as being a means of your salvation. There's nothing wrong with doing good works. The Bible actually says you are saved by grace for good works. So the whole purpose you're saved is to do good stuff. So when people talk about the two things, they always talk about them being at loggerheads. But actually works and grace don't have to be at loggerheads. They're a tension that go together. It's by God's grace and propelled and enabled to do good works. And so when he talks about an athlete, an athlete it has to discipline himself before he even, like we're talking about a reef. So he's talking about the Olympics. He's talking about the Olympics. You'd get a reef around your neck. Now, before you even get a chance to run at an Olympics, the stuff that has to go down before you even get the chance to run that race is insane. And so he talks about every athlete exercises self-control in all things. And so we have to start asking questions about ourselves. Like, if we're going to take relationship with God seriously, if we're going to take faith seriously, if we're going to take Christianity seriously, if we're going to take God seriously, if we're going to take his mission seriously, we have to start to exercise some levels of self-control. So you have an aim, a prize, and a goal, and then the self-control comes out of being focused on that prize, 
They do it for something perishable, but you and I have a, have a prize that is given to us by grace that is imperishable, which for me doesn't act as a thing of fear, but acts as a driver. It just pumps me up. I get so pumped up about it, which is why I'm so excited about next Sunday, because people are going to come that are going to be far from God. They're going to come just because their friend's kid is going to be held in the air like Simba, and we're going to pray a prayer, and that's it. And they're going to literally get up and come to church because a baby's going to be held in the air like Simba. I'm not even kidding you. We might even try and sing The Lion King. I don't know. But that is what's going to happen. I am so pumped up because someone's entire life and destiny and eternity could change from that moment. But it means you and I, if that's going to happen, need to exercise some self-control. We need to be here on time for them that we can love on those family members and those friends and relatives that may not know God. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beat in the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control. So they do that for something perishable. Now I started to think about, well, what kind of self-control does a, does a runner, does an athlete put into place that is so, so, so important? I started to think about diet. I started to think about diet. Like, I am not a diet guy, man. I ate a kebab yesterday. I'm not even gonna lie, man. I was, I was I meant to eat kebab on Friday night after having a few drinks here and it didn't happen. And I still had that 10 pound which was dedicated to a kebab. And I was just, I just felt like it would be ungodly if that 10 pound did not go towards what it was allotted to. And so yesterday I had a kebab and even my, my I'm gonna, I'll confess, my two year old daughter was eating a kebab with me. She was like, I want some of that. And she was taking big bites. Man, I'm not, I'm not that guy. Like we eat a lot of salads too, to be fair, but I'm not like an athlete. An athlete that is serious watches everything, you know? I was a youth leader at a church in Sutton, and one of the kids when I first started there, he left a little while after him and his brother went to um, Hillsong. He, he, he's an athlete, and he was at the Commonwealth Games. Sadly, he got an injury, and he's missed out this time, but I caught up with him a few months ago, bumped into him on the high street, we were chatting, he was asking me about wife, kids, asking him about life and competing, and he was talking about like, you ask him about what's next, and when you ask someone else about what's next, they'll talk about something that's really, really immediate. He'll talk you on this projection of all these different events and all the things building up to the events, the track times he has to get towards the event at these different events that will lead to that one, which will give him the opportunity to be on the team for Britain to do this. And you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. And he can't afford to let his diet slip at any point building up to that. So you're talking six months, because if he does, he won't get the time. He won't get the time. And if he doesn't get the time, he won't get the sponsorship. If he doesn't get the sponsorship, he's not gonna be able to even be doing athletics anymore. It's crazy, the discipline that comes with eating. But then when it comes to Christians, oh my days. Like one of the things I've heard so many times, and it's from people that are always in churches talked about as being mature Christians, but they're <laughs> mature Christians. And they do this thing where they, they talk about their church and they say things like this, that I've heard this statement, oh my gosh, I mean like a thousand times. I've heard people come to me and go like, man, I'm just not getting fed at my church. And everyone around them is like echoing it, like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm not getting fed at my church. Then we're talking about, and they're talking about like they're a mature Christian, like, like they're somehow above it all. And I'm hearing that conversation, and what I'm hearing in my ear is the complete opposite. I'm hearing, you're not getting fed at your church? You're a baby. You can't even feed yourself. You can't even discipline yourself to take time to eat some food. You're a baby. You're not a mature Christian. You're not on it. You're not even about that life. You're a baby and you're sitting on the high chair throwing your spoon around the room in front of everyone else going, ah, ah. 
but everyone panders, oh, 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 we, we, should, we should change everything because so-and-so is not getting fed. It's crazy. Guys, I want to encourage you guys. Like, no one can live off anyone else's faith. Doesn't matter how good the communicator is, doesn't matter how good a Bible teacher is, you can't live off their faith. I'm never going to be able to say something or give something that you can live your life off. I can't. We come together on a weekly basis because we're a collective, we're a church called out for a purpose. And our purpose is to light up our world so that people far from God can find life in Christ. That's why we meet here. We could try and rent a room from a church. We don't. We want to be in a space where someone who can come that won't feel threatened or intimidated by it, there could be an environment where they can encounter God, where they can meet with Him, where they can engage something life-giving. That's about our mission. And, and, and feeding yourself is something you, you have to do because we're, we're not babies. I've got, I've got a baby. I have to feed them. I have to clean the poo off their butt. I have to clean them up, wash them, all that kind of stuff. I have to pick them up every time they fall over because they can't really do anything properly. Man, sometimes I've heard things and I think too often as Christians, we let so many things slide in conversations that we, that we pander to that aren't true. What are you feeding on? What are you feeding on? You've got to ask yourself, what is my Christian diet? What is my diet, my spiritual diet? What's my life-giving diet? Like, you've got to spend some time talking to God, having conversations, being real about stuff. Because when we talk to God about the reality, like, man, I, sometimes when I've, I've been in a room praying with people and I'm hearing what they're saying and it sounds deeply spiritual, well, I have no idea what they just prayed. I have no idea. It sounds great, but I have no idea. No, zero, zilch. And I've grown up in church my whole life and I have no idea what you were talking about in that prayer. I mean, there was a lot of covenants and there was a lot of loosening and stuff, but I don't really know what you were just talking about. We've got to have a relationship where the Spirit in us cries, Abba, Father, Father, that He's our dad, that we can go to Him and talk to Him about stuff because that's how we grow. We get grow and we get discipline in our diet, in our training, in our training. So training is so important for athletes. They train for what they're going to do. So they keep doing the same thing again and again because you get like muscle memory. It gets into a routine. It just does it. It just does it. And you just get moving and, and the body just flows with it because you're so in that routine, so in that habit. But ask yourself, what are the things as a Christian for me as an individual that I feel needs to be muscle memory? What is it that needs to be going? Like, is it, is it sharing my faith? Is it loving? Is it serving people? Is it... What kind, of, what kind of thing needs to just, just happen like that? Like, I don't need to think about it. Like, man, I remember listening to one go, uh, guy speak and he was like this guy from New Zealand and he was preaching in his hometown. His dad's an atheist. And his dad went, oh, my boy is preaching. So I'm going to go to church this Sunday. So he goes down the road to his local church to hear his son preach. His dad sits there. No one in the church says hello to him. No one speaks to him. And he just sits there. At the end of the service, everyone rushes towards the speaker wanting to talk to him at the end. He can't get to his dad. No one else says hello to his dad. His dad just gets up, walks out the door and leaves. Later on when he speaks to his dad, his dad says to him, I am never going to church ever again for the rest of my life. That's, that's how he takes it. You know what happened? After this guy was speaking, there was this one woman that came up to him and said, you know what, I was just, man, I was, I was, in, the, I was in the service and I just felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, I should go say hi and smile at that man. And the speaker reacted, as you can imagine, probably a bit harshly towards that and he said, Lady, how messed up are you? You need God Almighty to tell you to say hello and smile at someone. What kind of stuff needs to be muscle memory that we just do, that we just do, that we just do, that we just do, that we don't just think, as a Christian, we cannot afford to ultimately always just think about what I want to do in the moment. There are some times where 
someone can be here on a Sunday morning and like, we've got to love on people, we've got to talk to people, we've got to care about them. Because you know what? If you can't care about someone, you, I'm not sure you've met Jesus yet. I'm going to throw it out. I'm not sure you've met Jesus yet. Because he is all about that love. These are the things that we need to be practicing, getting into muscle memory. Because loving people, like Jesus was willing for his body to be mangled for us. And sometimes we're not willing to slightly remotely inconvenience ourselves for love. I mean, that's crazy. But we're in a race. So we've got to get into that. And then there's skipping. They do loads of skipping. Athletes love skipping. It's so important to know in life what you're going to skip is in a void. You've got to skip things. One of the things, my, my, this, this kid, this guy, well, he's a man now, but back in the day he was a kid. One of the things he would do was there would be parties growing up. He had to skip. There would be meals he had to skip. Everyone else having a kebab, he can't have a kebab. All these things for over a decade. He'd have to skip this, he'd have to skip that. He couldn't do this, he couldn't do that. Whereas sometimes we just cram everything in. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And then we're just like absolutely battered. Man, some things you've gotta skip. And one of the most key things in the Bible is, is Sabbath. It's so underrated, no one really preached about it. Actually, it's so underrated that on the app, when you go to the talk section, this week I'm gonna put a link for our series for Sabbath. So if you want to go dig into that in your, on your commute to work, you just go to this week's talk on the app and just click notes and it will load straight to the SoundCloud to that playlist because Sabbath is so huge. The reason the first three laws are about God, the fourth one is Sabbath, and the rest are about how we treat one another. Here's the reason why. If you're tired, you're going to kill someone more, more quickly. Like, my kid does my head in, and when I'm tired... The idea of locking her out on the balcony is appealing. That is not a good thing to do as a dad. But when you're tired, that's going through your head. When you're tired, you wanna, you wanna shout at them or, or smack them for absolutely nothing because you're losing your mind. You're so, so, so tired. Sabbath is so key. So many of the other things in the law of God will never happen if you get that rhythm of rest. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which cleans so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood and you have forgotten the exhaustion, exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline from the Lord. Athletes have to be disciplined. They have to get in that discipline. When God wants to discipline us, that's a valuable thing. Nor be wary when reproved by him for the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastises every son whom he receives I thought about that today and I thought about athletes and I thought about what you have to skip I thought about what you have to eat I thought about the disciplines you have to have and I thought about man that sounds like a lot of work and you haven't even run a race yet you're not competing at the Olympics yet you're not really competing anywhere yet and you've got all this stuff going on all this work going on I thought man that sounds like a lot of work but you see the thing is you want to know who's run a good race. And people who've run a good race have not got weary. Like when they're getting tired, they, they, they push on through. They discipline their lives. They keep things in a place 
where they don't burn out. Burnout is always just around the corner. And we have to be disciplined with who we are. Whether this is business, whether this is relationship. Relationships so often die because of tiredness. People just get weary. You get a point where, you, you know what? I'm done with you. And you end up having an argument that is so stupid because you're tired, because you're not disciplined, because you're not, you're not there, you're not putting that effort in. You're not, you're not with it. And one of the things that we have to get a hold of so much is to not grow weary. And the way Paul talks about this is he gives them the illustration. He says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Like he went and he went for the greatest prize. He went with the greatest attitude of service, with the greatest attitude of serving. He, he went there and his body was mangled for us. He didn't grow weary. He pushed on forward that many sons get brought to glory, that many sons come to faith. And you and I, we get weary way too soon. I was reading a blog by a pastor this week, a guy in Canada, and he's quite influential guy. He pastors loads of other pastors and coaches them. And he was saying that there's too many guys that quit too early. They get weary, they get tired, and they quit before it's time. And he said he could think of a time where 10 years ago, he nearly quit at a really low, low, low point. But then he looks back at the last 10 years that have happened since that moment and what God has done in people's lives and how he's used him and the things that have happened, none of that would have happened if he quit. But at the time, quitting seemed like the greatest choice and the, the smart thing because things weren't going too well. So often you and I in our dreams, aspirations, passions, in relationships, in our families, we quit way too soon, way too soon. And so Paul says, keep your eyes on Jesus and look at how he was and how he, Jesus never tapped out. He tapped into God's grace. And you and I, we've got to tap into the grace of God upon our lives. There's two other things kind of going on at the moment. I mean, one of the things that hit me on Friday, driving here to have cocktails for the launch of this new style venue at, at Metro, was hearing Avicii, that his race was run. He's gone, he's done. And that hit me because we did this series on his album, True, which was banging. We went through his tracks and we just preached the gospel according to Avicii. It was so much fun. I loved it and I was like, man, a guy with so much talent so much inspiration so much ability and it's just it's just gone like that you never know when your race is going to be up and so often we have this attitude we're like oh well you know I'll, I'll compete some later stage you know I'll chase my dream at some later stage some later stage always putting things off you never know when your race is up it's important to just give it everything you've got to discipline your life to put things in order put things in position and love God with all that you are and to not grow weary. But then the final thing that's actually happening at, at this time of year is we remember the anniversary of uh, Stephen Lawrence. Stephen Lawrence. And how horrific that was. What a mess. A, yo a young life taken because of the color of his skin and killed because of hatred. Mindless, stupid hatred. But then not only that, the police don't investigate it properly because of institutional racism but then you look at his mother who didn't grow weary she lost her son she didn't grow weary the police wouldn't investigate she didn't grow weary she lost the court case double jeopardy said it can't be investigated again she didn't grow weary now when there's sufficient evidence double jeopardy doesn't apply anymore because a mum didn't grow weary we cannot grow weary about the God dreams in our lives because we don't know what they'll mean in 10 years time. It may seem a small thing today for many that have been like, just give up. This is how the system is. 
What an amazing, amazing woman. And not only that, see, what would have happened if her son had never been murdered? All of those things would have carried on the same. The police wouldn't have improved. They still got a lot of room, but they have improved since that time. That wouldn't have happened. Double jeopardy would still be the ultimate final word. That wouldn't have changed. Not only that, her son was going to be an architect. Oh, it was great watching the news the other day, seeing her with a load of kids who'd never got that chance, who are now all living his life. That, that life-giving force has gone out because a mum didn't grow weary. But you and I quit at the smallest thing. Yet what she went through was so horrific. And I look at her and I look at the story and I look at Jesus and I look at his body and what he's willing to go through to see others receive glory. And I look at her and I go, wow, it's the same thing. It's the same drive that says this doesn't end this way and it doesn't matter what happens. I'm pushing through because there's a God dream in this. There's something in this and my son's life isn't going to just be wasted this way. She can't change how he died. She can never change that, but she can change the life that so many other people live. And she did it because she didn't grow weary. Guys, you and I cannot afford to grow weary. We all say, no, 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 you don't understand. It's too hard to keep training, to keep growing. Well, go find Stephen's mum and tell her that. And go tell her that it's not worth it. You can go tell Moses that as well when he wanted to quit. He was like, I'm done. Things are worse than they were before. But then when you ask Moses, with two million plus people at a mountainside celebrating, they're no longer slaves and they're free. It's a different game. But he could have quit when he said, it's worse than before. And your life may be worse than before. Don't grow weary. I'm going to pray for us today. And that'll be it for our series, Grow. Father, I pray that we wouldn't grow weary. I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would stir something up inside of us that would keep us fueled and going forward. I pray that together we would encourage and inspire one another to not let go of our God dreams, but to keep pursuing them. That we would push with all that we are. Father, the, the quitting now might, might seem um, a, a, an immediate option to alleviate some temporary pain but the eternal glory in pushing through to the end and seeing transformation is always worth it. May we not grow weary with our pain, with our stories, with our situations. May we be people who focus, who are dedicated, who take a measure of the diet, what information we live off, what do we thrive off. People that discipline ourselves in our actions, in our times, in how we live our lives, and people who know what to skip, that we don't do everything and skip the right things that we will be people that do not grow weary when it matters. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.